Look How Sane and Linear We Are Being is a Homestuck fan analysis podcast and is not affiliated with Andrew Hussey, Viz Media, What Pumpkin Studios, or any of Homestuck's official entities. Please remember to support the release of its books and merchandise whenever possible. Feel free to read along with us. If you have epilepsy or any other light-sensitive disabilities or disorders, we suggest you stick to the audio. This show is not safe for work, and if you're a minor, we ask that you wait to listen until you're old enough to vote for our clown juggalo overlords. It's time to go to hell. Hi, and welcome to Look How Sane and Linear We Are Being, a Homestuck fan cast in the year of our Lord 2019. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm also Elizabeth. This does still count as Homestuck, right? Because it didn't, it didn't seem like Homestuck to me. And now I'm questioning, well, I can't exactly question the nature of the podcast, but I can question the nature of Homestuck in general, which seems pretty existential, but I feel like I have good reason? You see, Elizabeth, here's how Homestuck works. I'm sorry for lying to you this whole time. Acts 1 through 3 were exactly what we read. Uh Uh-huh. The reason you didn't know anything about Homestuck between Acts 3 and Act 5 is because between Act 3 and Act 5, is just the Midnight Crew. That's all it is. This is all we're going to be talking about for, like, a thousand pages. Okay, no, that's not true. I was going to say I've never heard anything about this in all of the peripheral homestuck on just the internet. I have heard the name Lord English, and that's it. Oh, you have? What? What do you know about Lord English? I feel like... I've heard that he's an asshole, and I think that's literally it, and I'm even not quite sure about that. You know what? You're not wrong. Okay, okay, okay. There's that. But we didn't see Lord English today. We're not We're not going to see him for a while. No. But we did see a lot of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, we saw a whole about a metric ton of bullshit. This reading session was way more sexually charged than most of Homestuck is. And that's saying a lot. Yeah. I gotta find, I gotta find pretty much all of the shit. I'm just, it's just... We've got the the Red Cheeks magazine. Uh-huh. Yep. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read these off now because if we don't read these off now, I won't read them later. And that would be a disservice to everyone. Oh, yes. What would our poor listeners do if they didn't have us to um, provide them with scathing commentary on the sexually charged nature of the intermission? Hey, we are recording this the day after Valentine's Day. I feel like this is on brand for the, the Red Cheeks magazine. Just glancing at it gives you heart palpitations. Literature for avid cardioficionados such as yourself. Those burgeoning red humps. <coughs> that mischievous little tail. <laughs> the snug, welcoming cleft. <laughs> the saucy imagery is hard to beat. Harder than what you beat inside of your chest right now. 
Your heart is what you're beating. You beat it to Red Cheeks magazine pretty regularly, you'd say. <laughs> Do you have a problem with emotional intimacy? Because this person is just talking about how their heart is beating to this beautiful magazine, and I feel like that's what love is. And I don't think you're respecting that. I hate this so much. <laughs> Andrew Hussey takes two pages to set up this joke where <laughs> where Club's Deuce has dropped two cards on the floor, a jack and a king. <laughs> and then he goes, you aren't going to stand off jack king around all day long, so you grab the jack of diamonds. <laughs> I, I... He's also the one with the bull penis cane. <sighs> Andrew... I have some problems with your comic. I would like to yell them at you in podcast form. Elizabeth, these are not the problems I have with homesick. I am living right now. This is amazing. All of these jokes went right over my head when I was 16. I'm 24 now and I love every single one of them. <laughs> I'm not saying that all of this isn't clever, but Andrew Hussey needs to take a good look at whether he's using his powers for evil or good, for law or chaos. I gotta tell you, this is this is chaotic good at its finest. This is this is what chaotic good really is. It is chaotic neutral at best. Specifically on the Midnight Crew sex puns, that's chaotic good. I don't know if we agree on the definition of good. This this is for the good of humanity. Humanity needs this. I I just feel like our moral standards differ very slightly. Chaotic neutral. Listen, That's listen. what I'm gonna say, chaotic neutral. This is not as many sex puns as William goddamn Shakespeare. Andrew Hussey is a tame author compared to William fucking Shakespeare. So I don't need to hear anything out of you on how good and how this does not further the good of literature in humanity. I gotta give it to you there, I- Everybody out of the goddamn way, you've got a hat full of bomb, a fist full of penis, and a head full of empty! <laughs> I will say that you laughed when I compared, very reasonably, Homestuck to the Wedding of Charles Dickens like two episodes ago, and now here you are comparing it to Shakespeare, so I feel validated and also mildly horrified. All I'm saying is that Andrew Hussey's work reminds me more of Shakespeare than of Charles Dickens. I was- I wasn't even saying it reminded me of it. I was just saying that the format was somewhat similar in some ways. Elizabeth, if you're not a fan of the sex puns, what about the name puns? Can I- can I interest you in some name puns? Yes, I did like the name puns. I think we have to go through all of the names. Oh god. And all of the puns that they have associated with them. Yes, I picked up on- most of them. Let, let's go through them numerically. What do you think Itchy is? Itchy is number one. Unfortunately, that was the one that I wasn't sure about. So I was hoping we were going to start where the logical start would be, which was at one. See, I know exactly what it is because I'm a huge fucking weeb and I studied Japanese for three years. What? It's an abbreviation for the Japanese word for one, which is Ichi. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Obviously, doze is, doze is a dose. Dose? Uh, what, what's 
Trace number three. Yeah, Trace is like the the span also Spanish. Clover number four. Like a four leaf clover. That, I, I do love clover. Clover's very good. Clover's very good. What about Finn five? I mean, I think that I'm not sure what language that would be. French? I don't know. I'm. I have all of the puns up right now. It's not a language thing. Finn is slang for a five dollar bill. Really? Yeah. From when? I don't know. It's it's in the author's notes. He's talking about all of his puns that he loves. Okay. I guess I'm gonna have to trust him. Number six, die. Because regular die have six sides. Yeah, standard dice, not the not the nerd dice. <laughs> not the nerd dice. Crowbar number seven. What's that? I wasn't sure about that one either. He says it's because a crowbar is in the shape of a seven. I guess. Like a very skinny seven, though. (laughs) Number nine, Stitch. That was very clever. I really liked that one. Because a stitch in time saves nine. That one did confuse me. Because for some reason I thought the phrase was a stitch in time saves lives. Yeah, nope. That's not how it goes. What is what does that even fucking mean? That doesn't make any sense. It's like said to mean that it's better to act or deal with problems immediately because if you wait and deal with them later, things will get worse and the problems will take longer to deal with. I guess if you're knitting? I I guess the stitch in time is simply the prompt sewing up of a small hole or tear in a piece of material. So saving the need for more stitching at a later date when the hole has become larger. I guess that makes sense. Okay, yeah. Anyway, that one was very clever. Yeah, I know you like that one. What about number 10, Sawbuck? Did we see 10? Or was 10 one of the ones that... I don't think we did see 10, unless my memory is just so shot. I don't think we did either. Anyway, Sawbuck is slang for a $10 bill. Oh, that... Okay. Why not? So, uh, matchsticks number 11? I mean, that's that's pretty obvious, like two, yes, like two matchsticks. Yeah, it's like two matchsticks. <laughs> it looks like an 11. It's very cute. Eggs number 12 and biscuits number 13 are very similar in their pun. Uh-huh. You know, uh, 12 eggs in a cart. Well, they're both based on timers. Well, no, it, it's 12 eggs in a cart, uh, 13 biscuits and a baker's dozen. Oh, right, a dozen and a baker's dozen. Quarters, 14. I mean, because it has a four. Nope. I would assume. It's a French thing. Same as cans for 15. Oh. I don't know anything about France or French. Yeah. French is the one language that I can't get any fucking hold on. I don't understand it. And then snowman number eight. Yeah, well, an eight looks like a snowman. I'm having like... Serious, like, schoolhouse rock flashbacks? For why? Because, you know, that's just how the schoolhouse rock math songs work. They were all puns or clever little stories. You know, like, the lucky number seven and the figure eight and things like that, so. I know fuck all about schoolhouse rock. So it was a fun time. I'm sorry to all of our listeners who are now going to have that figure eight song in their heads forever. Can I replace it with the, I'm just a bill. That's the only one I know. (laughs) (laughs) All so bad. 
But yeah, at the very end of the reading session today, we saw Snowman because we only heard her kind of referenced up until that sound file. We only know like a little bit about her. How, what are your feelings on her so far? Interesting. Very different from all of the other characters in this intermission arc. Because she, she's a goyle? She's a goyle and she actually has a, like a humanoid shape. Which, can I just say, I've never been more glad that Rose and Jade's designs are exactly the same as John and Dave's. That they're just all these little weird silhouettes without arms. I appreciate that. Oh shit! That was not present here. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm very glad that all of the sex puns happened in the intermission with when all of the characters are adults. Yeah, yeah, I am too. Yeah, especially after the weird, well, I'm not going to say it was sexually charged because Dave was just antagonizing that one troll and trying to make them uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, here's here's the thing though. Which worked. I feel like there was a distinct difference between any sex jokes in the before times and this time. I don't know what about it, but I, f- I feel like this time it felt like it was more more geared towards adults. If they talked about any sort of genitalia before, it was like in the th- what a 13-year-old would think of such things. Right, yeah, like this felt like the first time where I was like, oh, this feels like a comic for adults that children should not be reading. Yes. Now that I am an adult, I feel like I do appreciate the intermission more. (laughs) I mean, that's fair enough. I remember when we finished Act 3, and you were like, Oh, I can't can't wait to see the children again. And and now we're just here. I want my kids back! We're here in bull penis cane territory. (laughs) I want to go back to the kids. So, Elizabeth, what, what is your ranking... Of the, the Midnight Crew, what's your, what's your, what's your rank? God. Least favorite to favorite. Let's go. I'm gonna get all of the names wrong. I w- feel like I really should like Deuce. The little boy? The little teeny one. Uh, yeah, I feel like I should like him, but I'm having a hard time because he doesn't have any features. And as you recall, that has been a problem with me in the past. In liking characters. Or not liking them. Deuce is my favorite. I know, I feel like he's meant to be the favorite, but I'm like, I need expression on that face of his. Please. But he is very funny. And he has a head full of empty. And a handful of penis. (laughs) Yep. Let me tell you, I love anybody with a handful of penis. (laughs) (laughs) do you ever think before you speak nope (laughs) my brother listens to this show yeah he was on it (laughs) no you know what deuce reminded me of what the entire thing reminded me of this okay i have a hot take and you're not gonna like it oh fucking hell what is it the midnight crew Are just the penguins of Madagascar. I'm canceling this podcast. (laughs) I'm right and you know it. Think about it, man. Who's King Julian? There's the- oh god, who is King- I- 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 
Probably Lord English. Yeah, probably. I'm trying to remember if King Julian was actually in Penguins of Madagascar movie. Yeah, yeah, he was. It's been too long since I've watched it. He's 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 like a fan favorite, so they have him in the movie. Yeah. The Penguins of Madagascar movie was for little kids, and the little kids love Julian. Yes. I don't think that's a problem or anything. That's just the facts. That's just what the marketing team found out. Yes, yes, no, no. Anyway, my point is that there are four members of the Midnight Crew, and there are four Penguins of Madagascar, and the archetypes do somewhat match up. By that logic, you could just say that, like, the Midnight Crew is, like, the Three Musketeers. Like, anybody who's a, f- a group of four- The Midnight no, because Crew- because there are four of them! What? There are four of them! No, there are four Three Musketeers! Did you not know that there are four Three Musketeers? I mean, the, the one- Did you not know that there are four- Wasn't, like, didn't, like, the one guy, like, betray them? Or whatever, though? Yeah, but he's still one of the Three Musketeers! <laughs> I only ever read the Wishbone version of that story. He's still a musketeer. No, he isn't. It's the three musketeers. He doesn't deserve to be called a musketeer. He sold them out. He's a musketeer. He's in, he's in the fucking group. You know what? You know what? You know what the Midnight Crew is like? The Midnight Crew is like the Beatles. Okay. 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 Because there are four of them. Okay. Or are the Beatles like the Midnight Crew? (laughs) Shut, Shut your fucking face. Before you even finish that sentence. Too late. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 Yes. Nope. Yes. Nope. Nope. Yes. The song came out pretty early on in the in the twentieth century, didn't it? I'm just saying. Andrew Hussey wrote Homestuck after the Beatles. How can you be sure about that? There's there's time shenanigans going on. I'm just, I I am absolutely sure that Andrew Hussey is not a time traveler. How sure are you? You know what the Midnight Crew reminds me of? <laughs> uh-huh. The Golden Girls, because there are four of them. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, okay, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I think Betty White could pull off a Slade Slick cosplay. Firstly, yes. Was Betty White in the Golden Girls? <laughs> yes, she was. I don't know who the Golden Girls are very much. Okay, 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 no. She is absolutely Club's deuce. What? Because because are you are you saying Dorothy is Spade Slick? Are you saying that, are you no, saying no no no? Are, are, are you saying that Betty White has a fistful of penis? And ble- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying no. You don't know what Betty White does in her off time. She might have a friend named Jack, and she calls it her Jack off time. <laughs> so bad. Okay, yeah, no, and then would that make? Sophia Diamond's Droog? Yes. I'm going to go with that. You know, you know who the Midnight Crew remind me of? The Golden Girls Kin? You know who the Midnight Crew remind me of? Any D&D party. <laughs> okay, also, also true. By association, the Golden Girls is also any D&D party. Yeah, because they did use that in playtesting. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, so Club's Deuce is your least favorite. Who's your second least favorite? Probably Hart's boxcar. You don't like it when he, uh, his heart beats to- No. No. No, I don't. The the saucy imagery of the Red Cheeks magazine? No! You just had to get through that sentence, didn't you? He beats it to Red Cheeks magazine pretty regularly. The the, the number, number two 
is, I would say, I would, yeah, I would say Diamond's Druk and then Spade Slick is my favorite. You like Spade Slick? Yeah. I gotta be honest. Every main character we've had so far, and including all of the, um, the bugs, the mayor and the male lady and the judge, all of them were very distinctive characters who had those their interests and sort of like their character archetype and a very fixed personality. And I think that's really been working. And then things just have totally gone off the rails and suddenly I'm like, oh, okay. It didn't really feel like any of these characters had that much character. They sort of all blended together for me. I would actually argue that they all have very distinct personalities and you just need to look a little closer to figure all that out. And I would gladly like to explain to you all of these intricacies of their personalities, but I feel like it's time to go to the midpoint, the into the midpoint of the episode. The midpoint. <laughs> all right, everybody, and it's time for the best part of the podcast. It's the mid-episode mini game. Where we're still not doing Troll Jeopardy. Fuck that. <laughs> Elizabeth. Yes. Elizabeth, would you like to explain to the audience the other games that you could be running into today? Uh, yep. Uh, we have image description, music appreciation, true or false, and hussy's fixations. And I want to talk about the wrath tub, so let's go ahead and spin that wheel. <laughs> Let's spin that wheel. And the game we'll be playing today is Image Description. Oh, thank fuck. I've been wanting to play this one for like 10 episodes. I know, me too. We've only played it once and it was so haunting. Image Description is a game where I send a JPEG of a page of Homestuck Elizabeth has not read yet and force her to give us the context for the JPEG. I have a bunch of these that people sent in that I've been hanging on to for this specific occasion, so I feel like we have to do two of them today. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. This first one was sent in by Izuku Midoriya AXO uh, a couple days ago, actually, and <laughs> this one is from page 4730. Elizabeth, would you like to describe what's going on in this image? Are you sure that this is a Homestuck image? Oh, I'm absolutely sure it's a Homestuck image. This is uh, almost page 5,000. <laughs> well, it looks like a scene from Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. There's a bunch of... Ghostbusters! Actually, what it looks like is a scene from a Ghostbusters video game, which I feel like is maybe what it is? No, like a cross between Ghostbusters and The Sims? Would you care to tell the audience what is over the, the text bubbles on some of these figures in this what must be a video game? Oh, okay, okay. There's three text bubbles, actually all equally incomprehensible random things that aren't words like a random username it looks like yes yes with random usernames like gb underscore and then like a number 
Like a, like a string of numbers. Yeah, a string of numbers. Each of the characters has a little pink diamond over their head. I'm trying to figure out if it's like a pink diamond or if did someone take the face of an anime girl and play with the aspect ratio. You know, I think it's a Sims plum bob, but they've wrapped an anime girl's face texture over it. That's what it looks like. So one of the, 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 the ghost buster in the foreground is firing their streams. I can't remember that if, even if there's a technical name for those the things the yeah, those into the air. They're, they're, they're crossing the streams. I know that. And the Slimer is in the sky nearby. And that's what's going on. There's some buildings. There's a street. Yep. I will fill in for the audience. There are three of these text boxes. One at the very back says ASL. The one closer to the to the camera says glub, glub, glub. I don't understand anything. And then the one closest to us just says knack, 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 knack. Which... If you've read Homestuck, you know exactly what that means. But if you are Elizabeth, you don't. <laughs> what? You'll hear about it in Act 4. Of course I will. Thanks again to Izukumadoria AXO for that specific one. I have a second one that we've been saving up, like, since the beginning of this podcast, since it launched. Ooh. I think this person used to be at Lauravera, but now their their username is at Vrisrezi. They did not give us a page on this one, but would you like to describe the image that has been sent here? Absolutely. It is a two-panel comic of the Kool-Aid man bursting through a brick wall, and there is... I can I think I can tell what troll it is. Do you want me to... If you have an idea of what troll it is, tell us what troll it is. Okay. I think it's... T- I never know which syllable the fucking stress is on. Terezi? Terezi? I, I usually go with Terezi. Terezi. Okay, I thought so. Terezi is standing on the wall above the Kool-Aid man. And then between panels, it says, Meme splode. And then <laughs> Terezi falls into the Kool-Aid man's Kool-Aid? And there's fuck in very large letters and, oh yeah, in very, very, very small letters. <laughs> and it bears... <laughs> and I believe it bears the trademark artistic stylings of one Dave Strider. <laughs> I, I will have to say, I love... I fucking love... I cannot wait until we get further into act four because the fucking images that dave and terezi exchange between each other are probably the best parts of homestuck it's beautiful it's beautiful they have a very good friendship and i love it (laughs) (laughs) this isn't really a secret but terezi is like one of my top three favorite homestuck characters and you are valid she's so fucking horrible i love her but yeah, thank you again to uh, to at uh, for that. You sent a lot of these. There's probably one other I might use later. At the pace we're going, a couple of the other ones you sent, we might actually get past that page by the next time we do an image description one. Because apparently we do about one per six months. The wheel is never in our favor. Elizabeth, 
I have to say, I feel like you did lose this minigame. Excuse me? Yeah, I, f- I feel like you, you've lost this. Not because, I feel like you won the second half of it, but I feel like you sorely lost the first half of it because I did have to keep popping in and reminding the audience of other things in the image. So I believe, you know, the, the, the first one you bombed at, the second, well, you get half credit, basically. But a half credit is still a failure. And do you know what happens when you lose a minigame? I get to read more Homestuck Intermission, which is not the Homestuck I do want to read. So this is a punishment. It's actually a punishment now. It's actually a punishment. Bring back my kids, hussy! (laughs) I love the kids. Maybe we'll see some kids in the next episode. Which is still the intermission. (laughs) Not until all of the midnight crew leaves. I would like to keep them separate from the kids. Thank you. Oh, I don't know if that's going to happen. Let's go on to the next half of the episode. (laughs) So, Elizabeth, I know that you have some confusions about how... The four members of the Midnight Crew differ from each other. And I am here to offer you a very thorough explanation of how they are completely different from each other. For example, Spade Slick has licorice Scotty dogs in his hat. Uh Uh-huh. Diamond Droog has Swedish fish in his hat. Club's Deuce has licorice gummy bears in his hat. And Hart's Boxcars has wax lips. Uh, those are four very different candies to store inside of your spare hat. They sure are. That's really fantastic character design and differentiation right there. You're absolutely right. And here's another differentiation. Spade Slick has a war chest. Club's Deuce has a battle robe. Hart's Boxcars has a wrath tub. And Diamond's Droog has a brawzoleum. Those are four very different things. So many puns. Also, they all have different hats. Uh Uh-huh. And there's different things inside of their chests. Club's Deuce has a lot of explosives. And Diamond's Droog has, like, a lot of backup hats. Yes. Spade Slick has has a Harry Anderson laptop, and Hart's Boxcars has a lot of smut. Yep. Club's Deuce also has a lot of smut, but it's like licorice. It's not cleft asses. Yeah. Oh, also, Hart's Boxcar is very big. Yes. And Club's Deuce is very small. And Diamond's Droog is kind of like tall and skinny, and Spade Slick is also kind of tall and skinny. You're not, you're... So they're they're completely different. You're fighting a losing battle, my friend. They're so different. You're fighting... They're so different. ...a losing battle. Like, at least the green guys have, like, different powers, but... No, they do have different powers. Club's Deuce is an idiot that does explosives. Diamond's Droog is, I guess, the smart one. Hart's Boxcars is the... He's the muscle. ...is the safe cracker. Which he just pulls the safe off of the wall, and Spade Slick gets stabbed. Listen, listen, listen. 
I read a lot of and watch a lot of heist stories. I have to say this is not one of the better done heist stories. There's a way to do heist stories and this isn't it. That's because this isn't a heist story. This is a love story. Couldn't you tell? On page 1171, Spade Slick kind of like wistfully looks at Snowman's photograph when we don't know that Snowman is a woman and is like, he's not going to kill Snowman. It's out of the question. And then also she stabs him in the eye and that's like so romantic. I feel like maybe no. There is actually like a good plot reason why he doesn't want to kill her. Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah. And that plot reason is because they're in love. No. I have feelings and they are no. Why? Do you not want Snowman and Space Slick to kiss? No, thank you. I, I, uh, no. That's, 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 that's my old TP. I will crawl through this computer to stop you saying those things with your mouth because <laughs> it's terrible. It's bad. I'm already writing my 100,000 word soulmate AU fanfic of them. I swear to God. Yeah, the, the plot of the intermission, Hussey also says in the author's notes, makes no fucking sense. No! He acknowledges that it makes no sense, and he's just here for the puns. It's just, I couldn't even, what was that one page that was just like, yeah, none of this makes sense. Here is a page that is completely incomprehensible. This is page 1242. Spade Slick cannot return to being Hart's boxcars, because obviously Diamond's Droog is too busy being Club Deuce. You just watched Trace throw a punch into thin air for some reason. That guy's awfully silly. He then skulks off somewhere. You don't realize he's following Droog's past trail through the mansion until he gets to the point where it intersects with your trail, at which point he'll start following you. But we all realized it because it's obvious and couldn't possibly be more clear. Speaking of Shakespeare, I tried reading The Tempest once. And there was a part very early on where, like, Prospero was explaining some big long thing to, uh, what's-her-face? Miranda, I think. And he's like, do you understand? And she's like, yes, perfectly. And I remember saying out loud, not at all. <laughs> and that is exactly the same. Same vibe, same hat. Even Hussey says, in all honesty, this page is one big fucking mess. I'm not even going to bother trying to explain it. I have jokes to make down here, goddammit. <laughs> oh, oh, here's another differentiation from the author himself of the four main characters. Here's one. Each member either never forgives or never forgets or always forgives or always forgets. Spade never forgives. Hearts never forgets. Clubs always forgets. And Diamond always forgives. But a tongue-in-cheek usage of forgiveness that kind of means the opposite. Much like what sleuth diplomacy meant in Problem Sleuth. I, that's cheating. The takeaway of all of this is that the intermission is just Hussey wanting to write Problem Sleuth again. That sounds about right. Because he does do the pick up the deck of cards, no it's my war chest, pick up your war chest, no it's a deck of cards joke, which was a really big Problem Sleuth thing. Not specifically with cards and war chests, but with, I think it was guns and keys. I did not rate Problem Sleuth. Or I tried to, and then I got bored. I, I just... I 
asked you this while we were reading, but are, are you okay? Are you, are you okay, Elizabeth? I'm not okay. I'm not okay. All I wanted in life was to, 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 to see Rose finish activating suburb stuff and Rose to, to escape from her house that was on fire and go into the, the middle uh, and, and then Jade and Dave to figure their stuff out before they got hit with meteors and that's what, oh, that's all I wanted! That's all I wanted! We don't always get what we want in life, Elizabeth. <laughs> Are you going to be okay reading the rest of the intermission? I know some people skip the intermission, but we can't skip it. I'm sorry. I'll live. But let me tell you, when I... I mean, if I reread Homestuck, I will probably be skipping the intermission. The intermission is actually very important. And that used to be kind of a joke. Like, people would say, oh, the intermission is important. And then the intermission became important. (laughs) So the intermission is important and we need to read it. (laughs) That's terrible. But I think... Maybe for today, we should let you recover, mourn, allow you to take some time to reread your favorite parts of Homestuck. I already did that today. It's fine. I feel like maybe you need some time to recuperate after this traumatic event. A little bit, possibly. I actually don't, because I fucking love the Midnight Crew, but I understand. I need to ask you a question. Then I'll let you you heal in whatever way you need. Uh-huh. Out of all of the members of the Felt and the Midnight Crew, which one is the most fuckable? <laughs> Please, someone. I need to I need to know, Elizabeth, who you think the most fuckable is. I refuse to answer that question on the grounds that it sucks. You can say snowman. I refuse to answer that question. Do you think snowman is hot? I refuse. Personally, I I, I really like Diamond Shrug. <laughs> because he's always prepared. I hate this. I hate this so much. I can't discount Club's deuce because he always does have a handful of penis. Did- I swear to God! And that's all the homestuck we have for today, everybody. Today we read through pages 1,154 through 1,267. That's what we read today, unfortunately. Unfortunately, all of Homestuck can be found at homestuck.com if you need accessible versions. They're linked on our Tumblr blog, both the version with image descriptions, all of, all of those collections of uh, Google Docs, and the audiobook version. Elizabeth is the one that writes all the transcripts for this episode. So if you, I guess if you're reading the transcript right now, she's the one that writes it. Um, yeah, so all of those can be found at lookhowsane.tumblr.com. Our Twitter is at how underscore sane. Liz runs that, so if you have images for the image description game, like the ones we use today, you can feel free to send those on over and Liz will catalog them for future use. If you also have any obscure facts about Andrew Hussey, I will also take those because I'm running low on facts about Andrew Hussey. There just aren't that many is the thing. 
John Michael, who is Elizabeth's brother, does the music for this podcast. So thank you to him, as always, for that. Please remember to rate and review us on iTunes and tell all of your fellow homestucks about this podcast. Word of mouth is the only way we gain new listeners, so um, feel free to spread the word around. And just just tell them how much you enjoy listening to me writing in pain. And to me, absolutely enjoying every moment of it. And until next time, remember, Riska did nothing wrong. Oh, I just figured out why I pegged you as a snowman fucker. It's because of the number eight. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs>